Welcome to the Chimney and Fireplace Success Network, a weekly broadcast sponsored by CVC Coaching, hosted each week by industry speaker, coach, author, and educator, Jerry Eisenhower. Our presentations are produced to assist business owners and managers in turning their business dreams into their business realities. And now, here's your host, Jerry Eisenhower. I want to welcome you once again to another edition of the Chimney and Fireplace Success Network. We put this podcast on every week and it's sponsored by CVC Coaching. And the reason we put this on is to bring great guests to you to share knowledge with you to help you be more successful. So one of the things I do every week, and my name's Jerry Eisenhower, I'm the host of the show. One of the things that I try to do is find someone each week that can impart to you things that will help you. And this week's guest, I had to chase him down, get him out of his race car, get him out of his van, get him off a roof and whatever. But we finally came up with a time when he was available and I was available, which is tonight. So what I've got this week, my guest is Jasper Dringler. Jasper is the president of the National Chimney Sweep Guild. Now, since I was president for six years, I know the pain, I know the struggles, I know the work that's involved there. And I've known Jasper since Jasper was pretty small. Jasper is a second generation in this industry, you know, and we've got third generations out there now. You know, I've got a grandson that's working in this industry. So as we look, we're going forward, but tonight I want Jasper to share some things with you and hopefully this will be a time of value for you. So, Jasper, you out there with me tonight, ready to rock and roll with this thing? Jasper, you I'm out? ready, Jerry. Let's get it going. There you go. I thought I'd lost you there for a minute. Okay. So, I'm going to start out this way, Jasper. You know, I remember you coming to an NCSG convention in a diaper, okay? I remember you running around as a kid, and I remember you growing up in this business. Then one day, I saw where you started a business. In fact, I was doing a class in, uh, for a chimney sweep supply company in Madison, Wisconsin, and you came to it, and you and I had a really good conversation in the hallway, and I saw things in you there that had some true leadership style. You know, one of the things when I look at you, it makes me feel how old I really am, because here I am talking to somebody that's the age of my child, or could be almost my grandson in age. So, but what, what you're doing is, this shows a new generation in this industry. So how does it feel going from being this child in diapers, going into running through halls, enjoying it, and now you're the president of the association, you're sitting and running a banquet, you're giving out awards, you're doing all these things. Tell me what that feels like, Jasper. There are days where it doesn't quite sink in. I, I can't believe that this industry has entrusted so much responsibility into me. Um, I, this was never my plan. My plan was never to touch a chimney my entire life. Uh, yes, I'm a second generation sweep, but my goal was never to work in this industry. Um, I had two children, extremely young and, uh, the job I had was a dead end job. I was never going to get anywhere with it. Uh, my dad called me into the office, said, look, you need to make money. You need to take care of your family. And 
dad, I don't want to work on chimneys. Come into the office. Let's talk about it. Let's, let's, let's see what you can produce. Well, back then I worked as a commission sweep. And in my first day in the field, after I passed my certification exam, I outgrossed everybody in the business, everybody in the company. I just, for some reason, had a, a silver tongue and I could sell. And I never looked back. I went to work for my dad. Uh, that lasted a number of years. Uh, he looked to sell his business. He was lucky enough to sell it and move on. Um, and I met with the new owner of the company. And it just wasn't going to work. Um, I was a problem employee. I had a chip on my shoulder. I had an attitude. I was not somebody that could go from working with his first parents to working for an owner and get away with uh, the stuff I was doing. It wasn't going to happen. So I thought I knew everything, and I decided I'm going to start my own company. I'm going to show you. So I did. And I failed miserably, absolutely horrible. Jerry, I was homeless, living in a tent. My only vehicle was a rusty, crappy work van. I would go out, try to uh, sweep a couple chimneys a day, and then I'd bartend at night to try to make ends meet. I, my wife was not having it, so she finally told me to get a real job. And I went to work in a factory building uh, custom yachts. And I, I did six months of uh, factory work. I ended up going through a divorce during that time. I had nothing. Jerry, you've been there. You know what poor is. I was poor. The only thing I had going for me was my health and my never give up, keep working attitude. So after six months in the, the factory setting, I decided I was never going to collect a paycheck again. I was going to figure this thing out. And I was going to make something of it. And I truly believe that you can't get anywhere. You can't truly reach your full potential until you, you know what it's like to be at the very bottom. And uh, there's a number of individuals in this industry that have been there. And they shoot to the top faster than anybody else. I truly believe that once you get down there, um, it's a blessing. So, Jerry, I started my business. I didn't look back. I worked three or four odd jobs on the side. I hustled, I hustled. I had, uh, I got remarried. I was working out of my house. It was going great. I had a buddy uh, in Iraq in the war. He came home. He had no job. He was my first employee. We worked our tails off for a couple of years. And uh, in 2011, uh, we moved into our building. I moved the office out of my house. I got smart. I started going to seminars. I started listening. And for years and years and years, I knew that the guild was something I needed to go to. I needed to get back to conventions. I hadn't been to one since 2002 when I was uh, working for another sweep company. And I knew that I had to get there. I knew I had to educate my employees. I knew I needed uh, you know, to be around other sweeps. And I had always attended the Wisconsin Guild because it was close and local and cheap, but you don't get the same, um, you don't have the same conversations with local sweeps that you can have with sweeps from around the country who aren't in your service area, aren't your competitors, who have a passion for this business and are really going to lead you in the direction you need to go. So 
so I couldn't afford to go to convention, but I had friends. So I slept on floors in my competitors' hotel rooms. I slept in my truck in parking lots at conventions. I slept in the flea bag hotel five miles down the road so I could afford to go to conventions. I started listening and paying attention. And when, when you're spending your hard earned money to make it to these conventions, you pay more attention, you absorb more, and you take it a whole lot more seriously. You never once has anybody seen me drunk in the bar at a convention. Never once have you seen me sleeping in a class. Uh, when it's, when it's your butt on the line, you pay attention and you make the most of it. And I got to tell you, I owe so many sweeps in this business and fellow competitors for everything I have, Jerry, everything. I have uh, so many friends in the business. I don't, I'm a workaholic. I'm a very sick, sick person, Jerry. I, you know what it's like to try to get on the phone with me. Unless I'm driving down the highway, it's not going to happen. I don't enjoy the business side of running my business. I now have some amazing employees that take care of a lot of it for me. I love doing the work. I love being in the field. I love building fireplaces. I love fixing things when other people say it's not fixable. And that's where my heart is. Uh, but in order to grow the business, had to get to convention, had to surround myself with good people, had to listen to others, had to take advice, had to, you know, had to come to Jesus moment, had to be humble, had to admit I was wrong and screwing up so much in my business for so long. And Jerry, I'm, I am absolutely blessed to be where I am right now. So when uh, Mark Maynard came to me at the time, I was uh, the Wisconsin Guild president and he said, Jasper, the board needs you, and I can't do this anymore. You know, Mark's an amazing person. His, he's had some health issues. He needed to be home running his business. He needed to be with his wife. He needed to take care of himself. And so he nominated me to be on the board. I didn't think I was good enough to be there, Jerry. I did not believe I could give back to the industry in the same manner it had given to me. And when I first got onto the board, it, it was an eye-opener. Um, I knew the value of going to conventions, but I had no clue the ins and outs of the industry. And to serve on the board of directors has, it, it is a sacrifice. It takes time. It takes money. It takes you away from your family, from your business. But I truly enjoy giving back to this industry. And you know, man, that's great. And I'm going to tell you something. You need to write a book because the story you just said and that's what I hope people hear. And a lot of times I used to kid about this, Jasper. And about years ago, I went to the first chimney sweep meeting I ever went to. And I think I know a little bit about chimneys today, but I plunked my first certification test. And what that does, that was an eye opener. And you went through a lot of things. And you know, I've been through things. And it was really amazing that you were telling that story. I talked about that seminar that you came to. I did. It was a three-day class in Madison. Well, that was the year 2012. And I don't know if you remember, but you and I sat out in the lobby, and we had a really good talk. You know what I'm saying? And I found out things about Jasper, and I think Jasper found out some things about me. And I, it's the first time I really got to know you as a business owner. But there was things there. And like you said, we were there in that class for three days. And I know you're used to snow and ice. I ain't. And it was cold. 
You could go in the parking lot without freezing. You guys were okay, but the southern boy wasn't there. But you were like a sponge zapping up because it was three days of business education that myself and Hope Stevenson were putting on. And you were there like a like a sponge in that. So I'm going to applaud you, brother, because that's a story that if anybody's listening to this and you're thinking, hey, I can't get to a convention or I can't go to training, that should invigorate you to do it. So let me ask you a question, Jasper. I think the NCSG is doing a lot that people ain't got no idea. And you've seen that yourself. Once you get involved, there's a lot going on. So what I want you to do is tell me a little bit about what the National Chimney Sweep Guild is doing today to grow this market and help its membership. You're absolutely right, Jerry. There's a lot going on behind the scenes. And because we work with a lot of volunteers, yes, we have an incredible staff in Indiana. But a lot of it is actual sweeps going out and doing some of the legwork. So there's a lot going on, but let's touch a few of the really big things. Um, I know it's old news for most people, but uh, the NFPA 211 amendment for aftermarket parts, I, I get phone calls, I get arguments nonstop about this, but let me tell you, it provides legal protection for our sweeps. And if you use it properly, it is good for business. So we don't need to get into the technical and the hows and the whys, but that was a great step forward. One thing that's going on right now that not a lot of people know about, once again, we've got Mr. Brewer to thank for it, is our OSHA exemption. Um, the legal jargon has been proposed and it's gone back and forth. But let me tell you, Jerry, you've been fined. I've been threatened with fines. I seem to always skirt out of them somehow. But the protection from OSHA is huge. And it's not that we want to just protect owners when, when, uh, from OSHA, but we want it easier for our sweeps, for our men and women in the field to be able to be in compliance. It's not that we're looking for a loophole to save time and money. We want our employees to be safe. We want our customers' property to be safe, and we want to be in compliance. So that's something that's uh, going on right now. Um, I don't believe it's completely passed through um, all the legalese, but it's almost done. It's almost here. It's a long time coming. We were lucky enough to partner up with another industry that who had covered most of our legal bills. So it, it wasn't us paying all of this out of pocket, but that's huge. And then there's one other thing that we're just going to touch on real quick. Um, Jerry, you're a moderator for a bunch of online chat rooms. And let me tell you, my head hurts when I read half the posts on there. I wish we could elevate the rest of the sweeping world out there. But the work that the NCSG does benefits the entire industry, even all the crybabies online who just want to sit there and bash us. But with the NCSG, the CSIA, the HPBA, and NFI are doing right now is we are working with these online uh, search engines, websites, um, advertising sites who are nothing but for-profit businesses that we need to make it where they at least have a box to check for certification. That's the minimum we want out of them. We would love it if they required 
a certification to be on their sites, but they're all about money. So that's not going to happen. But we at least are looking for a box to check. We're looking for a way to elevate the status of those that are doing good work. And we're looking to better uh, the consumer's product. We want, we don't want houses burning down. We want people to have peace of mind when they have their chimney swept. And this is a huge battle. Uh, but lucky enough, we got into NFPA, uh, opened up the door. We're all working on this together right now. Um, and that's, that's going to be huge. Uh, it, from a marketing standpoint, from a public safety, safety standpoint, and from our bottom line, for those of us that are certified and NCSG members. And, you know, that's why, you know, I'm an independent supplier of education, but that's why I keep supporting you guys, you know. And one of the things is, you know, a lot of times people don't know what's working in the background. And that's something that probably we got to spread the word more. A lot of times somebody picks up on something bad and it's like a mob mentality sometimes when you look at it on Facebook and the forums. But at the same time, that's why I wanted to do this podcast with you. I want you to be able to tell people what you're doing. They can see the value because I know that, it, you know, the guild and all these organizations, they help build the strengths that I got. And if I and by being able to share them today in the way that I do and give value out, I want to see this industry go a long way. There's a lot more people need you guys' services. So, and this is one of the things, let's touch on this. I mean, I truly believe that when you derive a living from an industry, you owe a little bit back to that industry. So Jasper, you're doing that. Would you agree with that analogy? Well, it, absolutely. Jerry, it's like fishing. If you go out there with a huge net every day and scoop out as many fish as possible, where are the new fish going to come from? You, you know, you got to replenish. You got to throw back the small one. Um, I give back to the industry because I owe everything to the, to the industry. And I know for sure, 100%, that if I can better my own competitors in my own markets, that it will help my business, Jerry. And I, it drives me nuts when I see the nitpicking back and forth between business owners. That's not how it should be. Yes, we're competitive, but the PSAs that I run in my local market help other certified sweeps in the market. That's important because let's use uh, my nearest competitor, uh, Amy, just south of me here. If I go out and I do a quote, and my quote is, let's just say $10,000, and they call all, all the other idiots around here, and they say it's $4,000, I look like a gouging crook. But when she gets my quote, she says, that's high, you know, Miss Homeowner. And I say, well, call Amy's company. They'll come out. They're certified. If you're not going to hire me, hire them. No, no worries, ma'am. They come out. Their quote's nine ninety eight. Great. Guess what? I now am validated. I look like I'm not the crook. Oh, they're a couple of dollars less. Well, Mrs. Homeowner, you hire whoever you have a better feeling for. Sometimes they'll come back and hire me because I was there first and they're happy. Sometimes they're going to save that couple bucks. I don't care. I don't have enough time to fix every chimney in the world. It's, I'm not going to get every job. I get enough of them, and I'm happy. But you need to have a quality competitor in your service area. 
you, you cannot be afraid of your competitor. I don't know all of my competitors' prices. I set my prices based on what I need to produce the living and live life the way I want to live. And I'm busy doing that. My competitors, they set their prices whatever they want to. They're a couple dollars cheaper here, a couple dollars more there. I don't care. I'm happy with what I do. And that's all, you know, that, that's the way it should be. Yeah. So let me ask you this, and I kind of know my feelings, but I'm going to ask you. What does the NCS need more of? What could they use to help grow this mission, to help grow more consumers that need the services, to have more people recognize? Like earlier today, Jasper, um, I did a podcast with Jeffrey Gittimer on his podcast. Believe it or not, 300,000 people listened to his podcast. And that's 300,000 people that heard about chimneys when that is promoted, whenever it's hung up, because their podcasts are already recorded. So what do you, what does the NCSG need more of? Well, the obvious quick answer is we need more quality chimney sweeps out in the industry who aren't members to join up. Um, obviously, there's always going to be some not joining. And I'll, I'll tell you one thing, Jerry. I don't want every sweep in the country to be a guild member. Some of them just aren't good enough. But I want those quality companies who know what they're doing and do, and take pride in their work. I would love for them to join the guild. But that's not what we really need. What we, re, we need are cheerleaders and we need volunteers so that when we have an issue, we've got quality sweeps able to help uh, monitor their local government affairs and tell us when there's an issue coming up so we can take care of it fast. We, we don't need to hear about things when bills are about to pass. Uh, we need to hear about them when they're just being written. And we do have a number of individuals right now who are watchdogs for our industry, and their job is just to look through legislation every single day to, for things that might affect our industry. Um, it, there's so many issues. Out west, you know, we've got no burn dates, we've got no burn bans, um, and we need to we need to be on top of it because everyone thinks, oh, that'll never happen in my backyard. Just wait, it, it could someday. Yeah. But we need uh, we need we need bodies. Um, you know, the guild is in is in extremely good hands. We have I, I'm cheap in my own personal life. And the guild is financially very sound. So we're not desperate for people just to throw us money, but we need people that are actually going to do something about it and, uh, you know, put in a little bit of sweat equity. You're dead on the money. It takes a lot of support and it takes a lot of people, uh, you know, pulling the wagon. Um, but so I'm going to ask you next one, Jasper. I think as an industry, we're being held back. It's my opinion, less than 5% of the American consumers even use a chimney service technician, chimney service companies. Let me ask you something. I think that there are way too many, way too few consumers, consumers, they know the value of what we, of what you guys do for them, how you work every day. And your goal is to provide them a home that has warmth, great health, cleaner air in that home, preserves our natural resources and even keeps the air we breathe cleaner and reduces the use of fuels and natural resources. Those are our messages. How do we get this out to them in a better way? Because 
you guys do a lot of good stuff. And I hate to say it, but I preach this for years. A lot of times we're just so keyed up on safety. We're not preaching all the other messages that people need to hear. So, you know, what's holding us back, Jasper? Um, traditions, stuck in our ways, not thinking outside of the box. In order to provide the best customer service possible, you need to be a one-man band and charge a ton of money, or you need to have a large company and be able to service people. What we need is we need to stop thinking that the past was the only way to do it. It's not 1985 anymore. It's 2017. 2018. See, I'm still living in the past, Jerry. I'm guilty myself. When a homeowner has an issue with their fireplace, the smoke backs up and they call, they start calling numbers they find online at seven o'clock at night. So the most part in this industry, no one's answering the phone. At word or at best, they're gonna get a, an answering service. There's a few of us out there that have someone answering our phones 24 seven, that provide immediate service, that send technicians out 24 hours a day, and then they usually get a number of jobs. This industry needs to start, uh, we need to get into customers' homes sooner. There's this weird badge of honor where sweeps brag about how booked out they are in any given month. And that's wrong. I am not waiting for my washing machine to get fixed six, eight weeks. I'm not waiting for my septic to get pumped. I want someone out here within the next couple of days, maybe tonight, maybe this afternoon. And so that's how our service company is built right now. If you have a problem, I can have a technician there now. And we're not waiting for parts. I multiple times am dropping the liner into the chimney while the fire department is still packing up their hoses. And I was in a seminar maybe three, four, I don't know, four, six years ago uh, about a plumbing company who carries water heaters on their truck, who get their, their goal is to pull into your driveway, whatever problem you have, not pull out of your driveway until it's done. So that's how I've built my business today. And it's paying dividends. And it took a whole lot of work to get there. It takes a whole lot of inventory but it's worth it. And I, I truly believe that um, as a service company, the service has to come first, not, you know, I'm booked out eight weeks, ma'am. We'll see you then. That's just not going to work much longer. And uh, the companies that are still operating that way, uh, they're going to start seeing their, their backlog get shorter and shorter as others wise up and start um, operating a little bit differently. Well, See, the whole thing is backlog is security. But in my opinion, backlog is probably debilitating in the long run. So we're in agreement. You know, uh, a lot of times people may look at it differently, but think of yourself, just like you said, when your water heater's not working and you got no hot water, do you want to wait six weeks? I don't think so. You're just going to call somebody else. So these are good thoughts that Jasper's sharing with you guys. So Jasper, let me ask you the next question. Right now, 
you're president of the NCSG. I'm going to classify it. You're steering the ship. You're at the helm. So when you get out of this seat, when you move on and your time has passed, what did you want to accomplish? I'm hoping that I leave the guild uh, stronger than I found it. I, got, I was lucky enough to inherit it in great shape. I want to leave it with more members, financially sound, and uh, headed in the right direction. So, Jasper, let me ask you this. What's required to be a leader of the industry like you're being? And you're doing a great job, man. I'm proud of you, okay? And I hope that makes you feel good. But where's these future guys going to come from? And what's it going to take them to step up to that helm and run this association and this industry? Well, they have to have a real thick, uh, thick skin, and they're going to have to be able to listen to people and hear them out, even if they don't agree with the with their comments. But you have to be able to listen to people. You have to be able to <clears throat> get together with your board, come up with a uniform decision, and even if someone doesn't agree with the decision, you need to support the decision and work together. And I think a lot of people get into the board for two, one of two reasons. One, they're just nominated and want to give back, or two, they're mad about something in the industry and they think that this is the way to fix it. Either way is fine as long as uh, you, when you're serving, you're looking out for what's best for the industry and no personal vendetta or personal agenda. Got you covered. So you got to come in ready to help people. <laughs> So let's talk about this. We go into Portland, Oregon in a few months. We got a convention. So tell me why it's important for people to go to this event. Why do they want to take the time and spend the expense to go to Portland, Oregon? It doesn't matter where the convention is, it's important to go. Um, from my personal experience, <clears throat> you're going to miss something if you don't show up at Portland. You're going to miss something if you don't show up to any convention. But here's what's going to be exciting at Portland this year. Oregon is celebrating their 40th anniversary, uh, which for a state guild uh, is amazing. A lot of them go in and out of um, existence. But Oregon's been in there for 40 years now. We've got a number of people receiving uh, some pretty cool awards. They'll, there's a gentleman who is going to be there that everybody in the industry looks up to, respects, and uh, they're going to want to meet and greet him and uh, have some good conversation with him. I don't want to quite put that out there yet. But every single convention I have ever been to, Jerry, I've brought home that one nugget that has made me either a better person, a better sweep, a better business leader, or and in the end made me money. Um, so every convention, no matter where it is, I will be at as long as I'm in this industry. I don't care where it is. And, you know, that is one pretty cool thing about uh, the chimney industry. I've got a nice big map in my basement of the United States, and I put pins in it. And I, it, it's really cool seeing the amount of travel that I've gotten to have just because of chimneys. It's brought me clear across the United States multiple times, and I love the travel. It's really not that expensive. 
Uh, I was at a conference in Naples uh, in January. And let me tell you, our conventions are cheap in comparison. Our hotels are reasonable. Uh, and you'll get back 10 times the investment by going to convention. That's it. And that's what it's all about. And you're also... The big thing <laughs> is the ability to network with people also. You can get to make, I mean, I, honestly, some of the best friends I have in this world are in this chimney sweep industry. They're almost family members. But the ability to network and, and grow lifelong relationships. I mean, Jasper, you know, I, you know, a lot of people, they may like or they may not like, but, you know, hopefully... You know, this has been one of my dreams. I want to help people get where they go. And, you know, I've enjoyed the conversations you and I have had, you know, when we've talked a little bit. And hopefully I've been able to give you some, you know, some sound advice. But, you know, like you said, you've got to make your decisions. And I'm going to tell you, you're doing a great job, my friend. So here's my last thing. We're going to end this interview after this. So tell me this, Jasper. I'm not going to ask you a question. What would Jasper Drangler, been in this business all his life, lived in a tent, been through divorces, been through failure, what would you tell the people that have given us the courtesy to listen to us in this today? Don't ever give up. Learn from your mistakes. Uh, you see sad stories all the time about sweeps who have tried, failed, um, but there's no excuses there in this country, in this day and age, there is no excuse to not be successful at whatever field you pick. Uh, there's every opportunity and you, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to have trouble making payroll someday. You're going to get in trouble with your taxes. You're going to have bad days. Bad things will happen, but it's worth it. The rewards are worth it. The rewards are worth the hard work. They're worth the 80-hour weeks. They're worth the losing sleep at night wondering if you made a mistake on something. So my biggest advice is make sure you're covered by insurance. Talk to others in the industry. Learn from their mistakes. Make your own mistakes. And just never give up. There's absolutely no reason to not be as successful, as big, as small. Your business can be whatever you want. Just make it yours and be proud of it and uh, pass it on to the next one. Excellent advice. Like I said, failure can be the biggest adrenaline you never have. I mean, I think, and that was what was invigorating. When you went through what you went through in your life, Jasper, and like I said, I know more about your life than what you shared out here. And you faced a lot of challenges in your life. And you've risen to the top. And what's even more, and this is the great thing, I talked to you one time about two months ago, and you were heading to California because what, you, you know, part of your dream is to, you love racing, right? Uh, yeah, I've made the comment, the only reason I work is so I can afford to play with my cars. That right. So, but what you're doing is you've been able to build a business that supports your dreams to do what you want to do in life. You've gainfully employed people. You're providing services. Jasper, that's an American success story, in my, so I congratulate you. Thank you, sir. And it's not overnight. That's one of the 
one of my irritations with some of my young guys and some other people in this business, you have to put in the work. You're going to be dirt poor for a while. You have to pay your dues. You got to put in your time and then you get to have the fun. And then you have to keep working on the systems. Once you get your company up and running and you can afford to leave it for a couple of days at a time. Um, I tell you what, Jerry, last week I took my very first family vacation with my entire family that had nothing to do with chimneys or race cars ever. We left town for 10 days and I left having no anxiety, no heartburn, not stressing about what was going to happen. Uh, you know, after 20 years, I finally was able to take a real vacation and uh, it was the best feeling ever. And uh, I've got two teenagers and I have two younger children and I took my teenagers down to the island of Haiti. We built houses for, for poor people and I never had so much fun in my life. And I owe it all to this industry, my employees, my customers, uh, and all the people I've looked up to over the last year, uh, you know, so many years in the industry. You're one of them, Jerry. You and I have talked. We don't agree on everything. We're never going to agree on everything. But I have taken little nuggets of knowledge from you, and I've used them. Just like I have uh, Mr. Stoner, uh, Mr. Roydhaus. You know, so many sweeps in this business that I owe a thanks to. So that's what I do. That's why I do what I do, Jerry. That's it, brother. Well, Jasper, I want to thank you. It was hard catching up with you. You're a busy guy. And like I said, last week you were down there. We texted and said we're going to do this this week. And I sent you the message. You ready tonight? And we put this together. So, man, I appreciate you taking the time out of your, out of your evening for this. I appreciate what you're doing. And most of all, Jasper, I want to congratulate you because you've really went somewhere in life and I'm proud to call you my friend. So with that, thank you, sir. You're very welcome, sir. This is Jerry Eisenhower. We're the Chimney and Fireplace Success Network. We come to you every week and our whole mission, the reason we do this is to provide you value and ways that you can move forward. I hope that this message tonight will excite you. Listen to what Jasper went through. We can all talk about our hardships, but here's the whole thing. That's what makes you strong. So if you're facing something hard right now, let me tell you something. That can be the fuel for success that you cannot imagine. And with that, I want to thank you for joining us again. It's an honor. It's a pleasure. And most of all, it's a privilege to be able to share our, our ideas, our concept with you. This is Jerry Eisenhower, CBC Coaching, and I look forward to talking to you next time. Thanks for joining us here each week at the Chimney and Fireplace Success Network, sponsored by CVC Coaching, providing you the coaching and educational outreach services you need to move to your dream destination in business and in life.